Welcome to Strip It Back, the podcast which helps to simplify life and live in the moment with Joanne Panetta and Renee Talia. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to Season 3, Strip It Back, a beautiful sunny day here in Melbourne and Geelong, and looking forward to another great episode. How are you today, Renee? I'm really well. How beautiful is it that spring is here and the sun is shining? I've got a bit more pep in my step, I must say. It's pretty good. Pretty good. Now, Renee, I'm going to give you the pleasure of introducing our special guest today. Um, I'm excited to learn from this lovely woman and also know that, uh, yeah, you've been a loyal listener for a long time. So very, very thrilled to hand over to you, Renee, and introduce our special guest today. Beautiful. Okay, today our special guest is the beautiful Lorraine and I have had the privilege of working with Lorraine at Rebalance naturally, but we actually, we've had a few degrees of separation in the sense of meeting through lots of different circles, you know how they say, and I feel like that's a synchronicity that we get when we're meant to be in someone's presence. So I'm so glad that you are here with us, Lorraine, today. Do you actually remember the first time we met? I feel like there's been so many people. No, there there were so many different connections that it was almost that we were meant to meet. So, yeah, I I actually can't remember the first time we met. I know there was a wedding in there, but, um, yeah, we'd definitely spoken at some stage before then. Beautiful. And Lorraine is actually was, for those that, you know, know that um, I have my own little business that's not new to the show. Lorraine has been hosting when we were in the presence of being able to do uh, yoga in the flesh, has been, has her own business in hosting chair yoga. So for those that maybe don't know much about that, do you want to tell us a little bit about that, Lorraine? Yeah, definitely. Um, so whenever I, I do mention that I facilitate classes in chair yoga, there's always that very um, strange look on people's faces. I'm not quite sure where it goes through, but um, let's put it this way. Chair yoga is a uh, chair, I call it a chair supported yoga that's accessible to all levels. Uh, so whether that is the very young uh, or the very old, one of my oldest clients is well into their 90s wow which is amazing because I love the wisdom that comes from from working with people like that Uh, they have such a wonderful way of looking at things Um, but it's definitely not just for people who don't want to get up and down off the floor doing their normal yoga class Um, there's a lot of strength building and a lot of balance work that we do but it's also really good for people who are desk bound. So, you know, going into offices and things like that to, to just alleviate some of the postural um, issues that people, especially now where we're working from home. So, you know, there's more than likely people sitting there at not the best um, type of environment for working and looking after your body so yes and you can also work with people coming through with rehabilitation so people who may participate and have their own yoga practice but um, for that particular period 
um, feel that they're not as confident to to attend. So, um, and we do a lot of work through um, meditation, stress management as well, which is Sounds wonderful. Amazing. Sounds really great because I must admit, you know, when you were just introducing that saying, because Renee said, yeah, I've got someone coming in to do chair yoga and I'm the person with that face. I'm like, what, what's chair what yoga? <laughs> like, hang on, I'm like, chair pose in yoga, like, just brings me anxiety. Like, that's a lot of work. And I'm thinking... Is that what you, like, is it a lot of chair pose? Like, so yeah, thank you for, for sharing that. I, I absolutely loved it. And, and I've learned along the way through Renee, um, a little bit about what you do. And, um, yeah, I know that uh, it was very popular in the space. So fingers crossed that we can get back to those sorts of things mm. soon, hey? Definitely. Yeah, so good. Now, in um, one of the things that Renee and I have been doing each week um, to kind of connect when we can't physically connect is we use um, essential oils. And today, I believe you and I actually have the same one happening in our homes at the moment, Lorraine. Is it easy air that you're diffusing and you've got Easy going air with a little bit of a blend of the frankincense because mm. I love the frankincense. Mm. So king oil, is that right, Renee? Or they call it like the, the king oil? King mm. oil and oil of truth. My husband's yeah. using that one all the time too. It's very woody. Mm. That's it makes you feel really super grounded as well. So easy yeah. air is also known for your breath mm-hmm. um, and just letting go and really being able to take a nice big inhale, which is what we do in in yoga. Really, it's mm. all about a good anchored breath. So that's awesome that you've chosen that one. And I've chosen Elevation, which is all around joy and uplifting. So I feel like with those two together, we are in for a beautiful conversation today. Mm, We certainly are. And uh, we had a a little bit of a theme, I guess, running through our episodes in season three. Um, We've had the privilege of unpacking what it means to be a strong, powerful, independent and cyclical, beautiful woman. And today I'm really excited to hear your story, Lorraine, and know a little bit about your journey um, through life. Um, you've, you've had a little bit more life experience than us and we can learn a hell of a lot through story. And I'm looking forward to um, asking questions and inquiring into what it's been like for you as um, you've progressed through life and your, you know, connection to other women and your exploration. So if you wanted to start off by sharing with us a little bit about you know, what it means to be a woman to you and a little bit about your journey through different phases of life. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I'm, not that numbers matter, but I'm in my mid-50s now. I can say that proudly. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's been a lot of changes coming through as a woman, um, you know, being a mum, uh, having a, a very stressful job to start with, very um you know, the sort of lifestyle that's very structured. Uh, When you have children, that sort of gets thrown to the wind. So there's an adjustment period through there. Uh, So then, you know, taking that through having young children where you still have, you know, some sense of control or organisation in your life at that stage and then coming into the teenage years, (laughs) which presents all types of challenges that, you know, all of a sudden your children have a voice and an opinion and you want to encourage that, but you still want that structure. So you find very quickly that that changes. So, you know, that's an experience in itself. 
and then coming to the point where you now have adult children living in your home and that, again, poses all different types of challenges, opinions, and very it's a wonderful, wonderful place to be uh, because you're actually getting to see these people that you help create become very independent, coming into their own lives with their partners. So you have new people coming into your home on a on a, a different level. You're seeing your children in react and, and interact with, with other people, other adults. They're looking at different pathways in their career and starting off for themselves. So it, it is, again, it's, it's a lovely, lovely time to, to be part of this journey and to sort of start to see that end um, result of all the years of, of, you know, working with these little people that become big people and still are with us, <laughs> which is lovely. And what about um, so when you were when you had your children, were you working full time as a mum? Uh, sorry, I should say, were you working obviously as a mum full time? But were you also working, or were, did you have the privilege of being home for your kids the whole time? Because that is something that comes up with working parents. I know we've spoken about this a little bit on our um, episodes with mums that are doing both and how you, I guess, do the juggling act because we're both not parents yet. Mm. Um, so this is definitely one that um, be interested for you to share. Okay. Well, yeah, I did work and I when I first had my, when I had my first child, um, my work looked very different than what it does today which is a little bit about the change in personality and change in priorities. I was a law clerk and I had quite a responsible job, long hours, and we were made a decision as a partnership that when I, when we started having children that I would take a step back. So I became the support person. So I then started to look for other things because I found it quite difficult to just be at home, mm. even though it was very busy and it was still very challenging mentally and physically, I felt that I needed something else. So I ch- sort of changed my career path and that's sort of where I started to um, come into more of a face-to-face people sort of profession. And then as I progressed and, and had the second and third child, I always worked part-time out of the home, um, as well as, you know, rearing the children, but still in that support role to my partner, my husband, uh, who had a very responsible position as well. So it worked well for us. Mm. Um, Yeah, so it was, yeah, certainly the times when it became very challenging, but also it did make it easier having me basically um, at least two days at home. I like the way that you said, um, and it's, it's quite brave and it's beautiful to hear, I needed something else too. I think there is a bit of a stigma around um, 
I've got lots of friends who have children and it's like the working mums and the stay-at-home mums and it's like there's a bit of judgment and comparison and we talk about comparison a lot in our um, episodes. I love the way that you weren't afraid and you're quite vulnerable to say, I acknowledge that being a mum full-time was mentally, physically, all of these um, elements of exhaustion and challenge, but that you needed something else for yourself too. And it takes a lot of um, self-love and care as a woman to be able to say, yeah, I I also need something for me. I I keep thinking about you can't give from an empty cup. Um, So, yeah, thank you for sharing that. It made me think, oh, that's so nice and that you and your partner, your husband, were able to create um, that balance, which is really, really special. Mm. Yeah, we've, we've sort of carried that through all the way through the teenage years and now even at this point, um, you know, that, that is still very much the way that we form our, our um, running of this family. Mm. Yeah, quite a team, right? Well, it is. It has to, well, I find that it has to be a team, otherwise it falls down. And that's where other issues start to come into play. And and as you said, there is very much that, um, you know, working mum, stay-at-home mum judgment thing. And, and I think as women, we really need to step back from that because instead of creating a support network for each other, we start to alienate different groups. And, you know, you just don't know at different stages of your life you need different things. Mm. And you need to be able to step forward and then step back maybe a little bit if that's what suits your family at that time or yourself. So I think if we can sort of work through letting go of some of that judgment, mm. it was really important. It, it needs to be a bit more supportive, women supporting mm. women. I find that that is something that can lift us rather than, you know, be pushing each other down to to get ahead. Mm. So what are some things that you've had or found along the way that have been there to support you through some of your transitions? Have you had your group of women? Like we, we, Joanne and I talk about it was just a blessing us finding each other in in this lifetime. So Mm. with some of the people that you've, you know, found in your lifetime that have, have been there and for your support? Yeah, definitely. And at different stages, you know, allowing yourself to be open to that thing where, you know, you at different points of your life, you have different people stepping so in and helping you and supporting you. So, you know, you almost, and I know that I have different sets of, of female friends that, you know, different circumstances but but one that has been extremely helpful throughout the years is a group of women that firstly I attended a women's circle with and then we decided well this is fun Mm. we we even went to the point where we bought um talking stick so that we could pass the crystal talking stick to each other and and it was a beautiful space that we could continually hold for each other where we we let each person speak and we didn't necessarily offer advice unless it was asked for and that was you know we set up the ground work before we stepped into that space and that was that you know if you want somebody to console you or advise you you need to ask for that otherwise you just got to speak 
And that was so refreshing to be able to step into a place that felt safe. And to this day, which is probably, I can't even, yeah, I can't even tell you when um, when it started. But to this day, um, we now do these little catch-ups via Zoom. Actually, one of them I had to cancel today because <laughs> I'm here with you guys. Thank, but they were thanks great. for sharing her with us. Thanks to those beautiful <laughs> women listening. Thank you for sharing her with us. <laughs> yeah, so, so, yeah, but, you know, that's just going to be rescheduled later into the week because we need it. We still mm-hmm. need it. You know, and we're all, it, sorry to interrupt, keep going. No, I was going to say, you know, all the different different personalities, different, yeah. but we all bring something to each other when we come together collectively, you know, as a group. Mm. And that was along the lines of the questions I was about to ask you. Like, would you say that you're all quite similar? Are there any topics that are like taboo or do you just go in there and, and share everything from your heart and just you're held? Is that kind of how it works? Oh, yeah, nothing is taboo. I think, I love you know, that. We, we sometimes meet in in, um, in cafes and <laughs> it's actually funny to, to notice that people, I think, either are looking at us or, um, you know, maybe moving their chairs a little bit closer so they can mm-hmm. listen in. But, no, nothing is taboo. This is, this is the group of women that you, oh, you bear your soul to, I suppose, and and it's really good because they're the ones that you can make that call to without even a hesitation that you're going to be judged or, um, you know, they are your support crew. Mm, so you know, good. it is wonderful, you know, mm. so and it's lots of fun. Yeah. It's not all, you know, just support. It's It's fun as well. You can have a laugh and... You know, you learn about it. But as far as personalities are concerned, all very different, really very different. That's the power of, like, female sisterhood, I think. And I've got another question. Sorry, Renee, to jump in again because I'm just fascinated. We've gone with a little bit of a theme this season around the reason I ask about taboo topics. I'm sure that you talk about, like, periods and birth and sex and um you know female anatomy stuff and like I just think about how powerful it is to have like a no holds barred conversation the amount of times I've rang Renee and said do you think this is normal with my period today or I've said oh you know this happened and you know I just think these conversations I, I I'm I'm very fascinated to see you know women of all different um circles coming together do you go there are those the sort of conversations you end up having Oh, God, yeah, we do oh, go there. It. And <laughs> I, all I can say is over 50s, we, we have no filters. <laughs> so that's something for you girls to look forward to. There is There are no filters once you hit 50. Um, Renee, I'm a bit nervous. We already don't have filters. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, no, seriously, uh, because I think too as part of being a woman, you know, you come to this point of your life and you slowly feel like you're becoming a little bit invisible. So I think our 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 ability to make our voice a little louder and not hold back so much because we do get to a point in our lives where we, we do start to feel like we have to speak up to be noticed. Um, you know, we, we've come to that point of our lives where whether or, or not we have um, children, there is a, a little bit of a, a sense of, well, we've done everything that we were meant to do. 
now you can just sort of sit on the reserve bench and just wait for the next stage, you know. So, um, yeah, definitely that need to speak up and be a little bit louder. I have this transition stage of 50 and onwards. I feel like I'm not sure if it's a Western standpoint view of that sometimes we have this kind of like, oh, we're on the shelf, we get to this, you know, or if it's like ingrained for women. But I feel like it could be a stage of just like flourishing. Like if you're fit and healthy, like I think we have, I mean, maybe it's being in the wellness industry. I think we've been sold that we uh, start to break down, but it's really got to do with how well we're looking after ourselves, that we've still got so much vitality. And mm. what I'm hearing for you is that, you know, there can be that buying into it or being like, no, I've got my voice. I am here to keep going and, and flourishing. How does this time feel knowing that you are a fit woman, you are gorgeous, you're a mama of three, you've got your whole world, it looks to me, looking in ahead of you. Mm. What does Lorraine have dreaming and what are you dreaming up for yourself? Uh, I don't know that I'm dreaming up as much. It's more about your sort of accepting that this is a different time of your life I'm I'm excited about what the next chapter looks like I mean I'm blessed to work in an industry where there's self-care but there's also care for others and I think that's very rewarding and I, and I see the importance in, in what I do. So, you know, I'm not planning on stopping doing that anytime soon. So um, as far as on a, on a personal level, um, you know, you do go through those fears mm. and I think it's natural to feel that fear of, well, not so much a fear but that there's that ageing process and you do notice and, and as fit and as healthy as you can be, you do notice that, you know, things start to break down a little bit and, you know, it's about whether or not you're going to resist that mm. or whether you're going to embrace it and look at different ways. So I suppose there's that sense of, well, this is where my, my body is at the moment. How do I adjust that? How do I make this work for me um, so that I still get enjoyment out of what I do and I still get enjoyment out of, you know, feeling vibrant and healthy? And there's a lot of gratitude that goes on too, you know. I have a very strong gratitude uh, practice. And, you know, I look at things that could be different and I think, well, I'm very grateful that, Today I am where I am and, you know, I don't project too far out into the future in that, on that level. Um, I just try and look after what, what I can look after today. Mm. That makes sense. Yes, I love that. Mm. Has gratitude always been a part of your practice or do you think that that's something that's popped in along the way and now is a strong part of your, your day? Yeah, look, it wasn't before. 
Mm. I can honestly say it was definitely not part of my my. I was a I'm one of those people that has grown up being a natural warrior, a what if mm. person. What if this happens, and if that happens, then what if this happens, and then you know you're in a perpetual state of anxiety. And I grew up like that from being a very young child to probably. Um, coming into my mid-40s where I had no choice but to deal with that and to start start looking at tools that could help me to do that. And one of the tools that um, as part of one of the courses that I did was uh, working with gratitude. And it's amazing the shift in your perception of your world so your world and the environment around you, when you can start to focus on what's going right rather than what's going wrong. And, mm. you know, with all the negativity that can be out there sometimes, it's very easy to be lulled in and get dragged along that path. Mm. So I created a, um, a practice of gratitude where I write and I used to do it in the afternoon, but I now find that first thing in the morning, I actually write, I started off with three and I thought, how am I going to find three things to be grateful for today? And now I'm my standard general practice and there are a lot of repeat things in there like good health and a gift of life that I have, um, you know, those sort of things. But I now am up to 10 a day. Mm. And I don't put any expectation on anyone else. Sometimes that sounds like an awful lot, but it works for me. And I think it's important to find what works for you. So it has completely turned my attitude around because it's very easy to look for the negative when there are so many positives there, mm-hmm. you know, even in the environment that we're, we're in now. And it's quite easy to have those moments where, you know, it's all a bit doom and gloom, especially for people living in Victoria at the moment. This is a really strange life for us. So, you know, it, it's about looking at, well, what's great today? And I won't worry so much about what tomorrow is going to bring. Let me just deal with what I'm grateful for today. And it does lift you up a lot, I find, anyhow. And it's something that I take into my classes. We have moments where we, in our relaxation, will, you know, take that time to just bring one thing to our mind that we're feeling grateful for today. That's all. That's all it takes to create a shift. So beautiful. I was about to say to you, Lorraine, if you could give some advice to anyone, like what would it be? But it it seems that that would be one piece of advice is just that shift in perspective and that element of gratitude, right? Exactly, you know, yeah. and, it, and it is a learned skill. I think it's not something that we all find uh, natural mm-hmm. in a sense. So it is something that becomes a, an acquired practice, mm. you know. It's something that, you know, I, I like to think that, you know, we get up in the morning and we automatically brush our teeth and do that sort of thing. And if you can take your mind to a point of gratitude, 
throughout your day and get into that regular practice. Just keep doing it. Persevere. You know, and sometimes there will be days where you can't, you've got to dig a little deeper. And then there's other days where you think, oh, oh only 10. I think I can think of 12, you know. So, you know, it, it's it's a lovely practice to get into. Um, and I think it just does change your perspective. It certainly helped me. I love that you've said that. It is a practice. And while so simple, it can also be simple to forget. So it is definitely something that needs to be um, put to effort to make it habitual. That ritual that we talked about, like the difference between routine, because, you know, as Lorraine and I, we were having a great giggle off air, How, but we're both quite pitta and quite organised and structured. Um, and the word routine can bring great joy but great anxiety to people like you and I. Um, so changing that language around ritual is really important. I think the biggest thing for me is when I listen to you speak, Lorraine, it's like what I hear is just it's the most simple way to get yourself out of a funk. And um, if we can take any advice away from having you on um, our, our podcast is, yeah, you've got such a brightness about you and such a, a positive attitude, you know, it automatically lifts you out of that funk. So thank you for sharing that with your clients and thank you for sharing that with us today. It's been a real delight. Thank you. So nice. Thank you. Thank yeah. me. I just can't believe that, you know, I, I look at the time and I think we've just been chatting for nearly 30 minutes already and there's just so much more that you can unpack. I think about you and your friends at the cafe and I almost envisage people scooting their chairs up going, oh, what are they going to say next? And the more that we can make these conversations normal, I think um, the better and, and being of service to other people around us is really important. So yeah, thanks. And don't stop talking about all the things that you do with your girlfriends because I know Renee and I, mate, we, there's nothing that's off the table, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, beautiful. So good. So good. Well, in true Strip It Back style, we are going to talk about our little gratitude, I guess, for the day. What's a little small win? So, Joanne, what's something mm. new today? I woke up this morning. I didn't sleep very well last night. I had a pretty hideous sleep um, and I woke up a bit slow and the smell of percolated coffee through the house was just magic and I went straight back to my childhood and I made um, my favourite childhood breakfast that my non like it's hilarious, like childhood, like five and six years old, percolated coffee, <laughs> sugar and milk in a cup, make it, crusty bread, pour it over the top, super. Like it was just perfect and I'm like, I felt I thought of my nonno and I could smell it in the house and I ate it in bed. Like that was my morning and that was my small win and it was great. So, you know, a good little five-year-old Italian girl eating, having percolated coffee for breakfast. <laughs> oh, I love that. I love yeah, that. So, so true. How about you, Lorraine? Ooh, can I be cheeky and have two? Of course. Yeah. Oh, thanks. Yeah. See, this is what happens when I sit in my gratitude practice. You can see <laughs> <laughs> I can't help myself. I'm very greedy. Um, well, the first one was getting that lovely text through from Renee, um, just saying, you know, can you want to pop on? And I just thought, wow, yeah, this is so exciting. It's something different today. So I was very grateful to have that happen to me this morning and the other thing that I had was a beautiful connection with a very very dear friend who isn't in the other tribe this is my one of my other tribes of friends a, a woman that I 
when we had very small children, we used to get up at the crack of dawn and walk around our local suburb and solve the problem. We always said we solved the problems of the world in that (laughs) hour walk. Um, We now live in different suburbs. We're out of the five-kilometre zone. So we've gotten into the practice on her workday off of doing a call-in and we walk and talk um, for our hour. <laughs> so I was lucky to have that connection with my very, very dear friend this morning. And, yeah, we did solve a few problems of the world. I don't know why people don't listen to us. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've got you here now. Maybe that's what we need to have next, that's for sure. What about you, Renee? Tell us oh. your small win. My small win, well, actually, I was on my walk this morning and I just called to check in with Dad because, of course, it was Father's Day yesterday and I wasn't able to be there for lunch and I just wanted to, you know, check in with his day. And I had sent him a little um, little package and he said, my favourite thing out of the whole package was the card, you know. Aww. And I just thought how. You know, it was a funny card that made me chuckle. And I thought, oh, I wonder if this will make him chuckle as well. And he's like, yeah, I even put it by my bed. <laughs> so I tell you what, and I thought, oh, love him. oh, that's really sweet. And inside I was like, yes, I couldn't be there. Hey, fun card. So, so cool. that was my little small win. Oh, love it. What a way to wrap it up, hey? How nice. Oh, so great. Yeah. And we are going to make this um, the final season for, sorry, final episode for season three. So thank you, Lorraine, for being the person who wrapped it up for us. And um, we wanted you to come on for a little while. So thank you very much for um, sharing your story. And um, I'm sure that people listening got a lot out of it. Um, it's been an awesome season. I've really enjoyed the balance of having incredible, strong, smart women, as well as our own wisdom weaved in there as well, Renee. So thanks for a great season. Um, it's just so much fun. Simple as that. It really is. Thank Mm. you. And thank you, Lorraine, for being on and always being a loyal listener. Before we do go, where can people find your services for chair yoga? Uh, They can email me through on welcomingwellness, one word, dot li at gmail.com. And we'll link those in the show notes, definitely. Yeah, Yeah. that'd be great. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. All right, until next season, girls. Bye. Ciao. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in to Strip It Back. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, we'd really appreciate it if you could kindly leave us a review. 